Dear Ambassadors of Joy family, welcome back. So we recorded this Aloha mini-series late last year after our trip to Maui together, and it took us a while to release it. We just wanted to add a quick note since we all find ourselves in different times now, given the COVID-19 situation. Yeah, so a lot of what we'll be talking about in our upcoming season two um, has to do with things we feel that the planet and the world and humanity are going through in this current situation. Um, And all of this, we feel, is actually powerfully reflected in the values of Aloha that we covered in this wonderful mini-series. Humanity is really learning to embrace this inner journey and the vibrations that come with self-reflection while letting the planet heal itself and experience the vibrations of peace, harmony, and joy. So we encourage you to take a break from the news and take a mini-staycation with us to Maui as we cultivate a space of Aloha vibes in this mini-series. This is the special Aloha mini-series of Ambassadors of Joy, part two, living the spirit of Aloha at work. Aloha, everyone. Welcome to the Ambassadors of Joy. We are here to share with you the intersection, the wonderful intersection of spirituality and business. My name is Priya. And my name is Amy. So this is the second part of our two-part celebratory episode of our thousand down low and counting of Ambassadors of Joy. (laughs) And as we mentioned in our last episode, we were diving into the Aloha spirit of Hawaii because Priya and I took a wonderful trip to Maui for this occasion. And we came up with three inspired actions last last episode and we're going to do that again this time um, so that we can add it to our toolkit to help us build more clarity well-being and abundance in our daily lives yes and we had so much fun last time really so we had chanced upon it's just a very quick recap a fun little picture of aloha describing characteristics or values associated with each letter in aloha And we really talked in depth about each of those characteristics and how we can bring that value um, in our lives. And today, what we're going to do is apply the spirit of Aloha to business, to our work world, to everything else that we do. And we have a special article to share with you that we're going to read together um, to really talk about that and dive in. Yes. And it's funny when you said how we're going to bring the Aloha spirit into the workplace, Priya, because when you said that, I had this image of how there are different workplaces that celebrate Fun Friday where you're wearing literally (laughs) the Hawaiian shirt. Oh, my goodness. Why can't it be like Hawaii every day, right? It is at Trader Joe's. Before we went to Hawaii, I was at Trader Joe's uh, shopping (laughs) for some groceries and I was wearing my Aloha shirt or like my Hawaii, one of my Hawaii shirts. Yeah. And I think it might have been, it might have been the day that we did our Facebook live together. Oh, yes, that's right. I was just wearing the shirt for fun because I love it. Yeah. And one of the employees at Trader Joe's was like, oh, you should work here. <laughs> you have a red shirt. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh, geez. interesting. Huh. So. Like, well, no, I shop here. <laughs> and I love Hawaii. 
Trader Joe's is a Hawaiian grocery store, but (laughs) it's beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love how the Hawaiian shirt, to be honest, is actually encompassing those energies so that people are actually expressing it or feeling it when they're wearing it. So it's actually really awesome. That is very interesting that you mentioned that. I like how we're just diving in right from the get go. I can't imagine a grumpy person wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Can you imagine that? (laughs) Yeah, if any of you guys are listening, if you guys ever find, maybe there's like a meme or a gif out there, you guys have to send it to us. We would love, we would love to see this. (laughs) A grumpy person in a Hawaii shirt. Oh (laughs) my goodness. Okay, well, before we go any further, um, let's start this off by setting our intention like we always do, just for a one minute meditation so that we can get grounded and set the space for a wonderful conversation ahead. And so last week or last episode, we did um, celebrate life. And I think today I would like to bring an intention that Priya and I have been personally practicing for the last week. Um, And this is our intention to have a little bit more patience in everything that we do. And I think we mentioned it in our last episode as well, but bringing it as an intention that we practice during this episode um, and during the day would be a wonderful thing to remind ourselves. Um, Because if we're patient, we have a lot more presence. Um, So Priya, what do you think about that intention for this episode? I love it. I'm already breathing that intention. (laughs) Oh, beautiful. Okay. Yeah. I also just wanted to say that when we have more patience, and this is something I've noticed, um, particularly over the last week, that you see more, you understand more of what the universe is bringing to you. Mm. So it's almost like automatically tuning into a frequency of more abundance and more opportunities just by being patient, which is super interesting. But yeah, I love this intention. That's Really beautiful, Priya, and thank you so much. Um, yeah, so here's to patience, setting that intention so that we can open more of our awareness to abundance and new opportunities. Okay, here we go. That was so beautiful. And our work here is done. (laughs) That's it. We can go on about our days. (laughs) (laughs) But we have more to say. (laughs) (laughs) And more to laugh about. I, I hope you guys are okay with us giggling throughout the episode because this is ambassadors of joy yes so much joy yeah so Priya I'm really excited about this um, article that you brought up in our last conversation about um, aloha which you found in in your plane ride to Maui on southwest right in the southwest magazine I am too so I am going through this magazine that serendipitously showed itself on my trip to Maui with you, 
Yeah, definitely. If you guys have not listened to the previous episode, this is a part two. And um, we learned a lot in the last episode about um, kind of the, the, the beautiful values associated with the spirit of Aloha. So definitely encourage if you haven't heard it yet to take a listen to that episode. Okay, so as we talked about the last time, the words, the Hawaiian words um, associated with aloha that we found on this picture randomly uh, in a very (laughs) serendipitous way, just like we found this magazine. Um, For the first A, it's ala, which means watchful or alertness. The second one is lokahi, which means working with unity. For the O, it's oi'io, which means truthful honesty. H, it's ha'ana'a, humility. And A, it's ahunui, patient perseverance. Just so beautiful, all of those words. Mm. And there's so much in just that one word and that spirit within that word of aloha. So it would... You guys have to listen to the last episode. I I can't, we would not do it justice by just summarizing it here because there's so much to unpack just in that. And now is the perfect time to really dedicate our attention to this beautiful article. Yeah, and we are going to do this classic Ambassadors of Joy style, just like we did with the first five episodes of season one, where we dive in and read something. So I have read this article. Um, Amy has not. No, I did not. So I am just going to read it. It's very short, but Amy, feel free to pause and interrupt at any point, and we can start talking about stuff that this Thank brings you. up. I will do that if this sparks anything in me. Awesome. Okay. Work with an aloha attitude. And it has a picture of a woman. Um, holding lays and putting them on grumpy old businessmen who are shown in gray color. And as they walk the line over Hawaii and they get the lay, their heads go turn uplifted and they each have a light bulb above their heads. And they're all very confident and poised and happy in their step. Wow. Wow, that, that is the picture. That is that's all. That's everything. That is everything. That is so cool. We need to take a picture of this picture and put it in our show notes on our website. Yes, cool. I'm also seeing that the woman who wrote this article is a contributor to Ola Magazine, and she calls the island of Hawaii home. Okay, like home. Yes, yes. Work with an aloha attitude. Author and workplace culture coach Rosa Say uses Hawaiian values to make management meaningful. Mm. There's three questions that this article answers. First one, to Rosa, can you define the Hawaiian value of aloha? She says, the way people understand the essence of your spirit is through what they see in your alo, or the face you put forth to the rest of the world. Interesting. It's almost like Halo. Oh. But without the H. Very interesting. Ha is the breath of life. It's who you are as an inherently good human being. 
a person can always breathe in and remember who they are, put those two parts together, and you have the concept of living from the inside out. When your alo is an authentic match with the spirit of your ha, that's when the aloha spirit manifests. It's self-love as well as love for other people. That is really, really beautiful. So this, okay, already brought up many things for me. And I was in fact thinking about this very topic as we started diving into the episode because we talked about applying, technically applying the spirit of Aloha to work and other parts Mm -hmm. of our life. But I actually don't think that's the correct way of saying it because once you you Mm. live that, you don't have to quote unquote apply it anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you are it. Mm -hmm. And you and you just have to practice to dive in and reconnect with that essence of aloha no matter where you are. Yes. Yes. And one thing especially in this part of the article is just really the first part is this merging of the self-love and the love for others combining, which makes up, as I've heard it correctly, I think, the aloha spirit, right? And the essence of aloha. Is that right? Yeah, let's let's recap that again. So your alo is the face you put forth to the rest of your world, to of the world. And ha is the breath of life. It's who you are as an inherently good human being. A person can always breathe in and remember who they are. Put these two parts together so the essence of who you are that you can always realign with through breathing in and out or through meditation. Mm-hmm. And having that show in your alo, the face mm-hmm. that you put forward. So they're one and the same. This is interesting because I think this is why we're diving into this is that sometimes it's very easy or easier, not very easy. It's always difficult to, I think, be true to our essence um, unless we've been Mm -hmm. practicing for a long time. But it's sometimes easier to do that when we're at home, you know, maybe in our meditation space, maybe in a yoga class and kind of in an environment that is more or less designed to calm us. Mm -hmm. And a lot of work environments are not designed like that, clearly. I mean, it's a place where you're there to kind of push forward with a certain initiative, do some type of activity, make money. Mm -hmm. Um, And it becomes more difficult to remember that essence when Mm -hmm. you're in that sort of environment. Mm -hmm. Yes. Absolutely agree with that. So, Amy, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. When you are working, yes, how do you live aloha in the work environment? How do you reconnect with your essence? This is a great question. I think if you ask me now versus if you asked me before, it's sort of two different answers. So I'm going to talk about the, the before first. 
So when I was working in startup environments where it's super high high paced, I practiced this concept in in the relationship that I have with my coworkers. Mm. So I saw them as family. I didn't see myself or them as below or above. Um, and anything that happened, whether it's positive or negative, we were kind of together in it. So if someone had, you know, quote unquote, made a mistake, there's no mistakes. Um, you know, I would be the first one to say, that's our bad. <laughs> you said everyone has Ohana. Family. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. Ohana. So that's how I practiced it. Um, I think now when, cause I now have a personal business, I no longer work in the corporate or the startup space. Now I think of anyone who needs my service or who comes to me for help as someone that I'm there to serve. So I see the end customer as someone who needs, who, who needs a reminder of their own essence. And that they have chosen me to help them remember that. And I and it is an honor for me to, to be in service to them. And so I was telling you before we started recording that I have 600 people on my mailing list right now mm-hmm. for some of the health things that I do. And, and I say, okay, well, I'm not walking away from them. There's something that they need from me. And that's why they're on my email list. If it's not a master class or if it's not this, you know, like a couple hundred dollars service, then I need to create something else for them. I, they picked me for a reason and I am not walking away from them. So that's how I see, I see, I'm starting to see everyone as Ohana mm-hmm. as much as possible. Um, and practicing that and kind of using that in, in how I do my, how I live, <laughs> not really just work. Right. Yeah. And do you think this shift would be possible um, if you were not practicing self-love? That's a great question. I was I mentioned that merge that 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 was at the end of that art or that portion of that article where it's the combination of self-love and then the expression of love to others that comes mm-hmm. together, that completes it. I really do think um, self-love has to be there um, because if we, if we, because self-love to me is the yin part of the yin yang Mm -hmm. and the yin and the yang perfectly balances each other. And without the yin for us to be reflective and care for ourselves um, in, for instance, a meditative state or in a self-care environment or, um, or where we're just like journaling by ourselves or releasing energies or doing clearings like you do, Mm. then we won't have, we won't know our essence. Mm -hmm. We don't, we wouldn't know who we are. And if we don't know who we are, then we wouldn't know how to express ourselves outwardly in a way that can authentically show love in the best. Beautiful. Can we imagine a workplace where every single person is in tune with their essence? Yeah, it, it would be beautiful. It it would it would literally be heaven on earth. <laughs> it really would be. Yes, I believe that. I and think that, it's possible. <laughs> that that well, that's part of what we are all here to do. Yes, 
this is again, I bring up Eckhart Tolle all the time. It just pops up in these conversations. Um, It's exactly what you said about this idea of heaven on earth, uh, because he, in a few talks, I think has dissected this, um, this phrase. I don't remember it word for word, but a phrase that Jesus has known to have said, where you shall welcome heaven on earth. Mm. And his explanation for exactly what you just said is exactly what you just said, is that what does heaven actually mean? Is it possible to get heaven on earth? Yes, because all it means is that we are aligned with our true essence. And the more people kind of are aligned in that consciousness, the more now you are living and breathing in that consciousness. So it's like heaven is expanding more and more on earth. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I believe that that's, you know, the ambassadors of joy, everyone who's listening with us. That's a part of our role. That's a part of what we're here to do is is spread that, those vibrations. You're absolutely right. And I... (laughs) hard for me to say anything right now because I have like little tears forming behind my eyes because you know if if you know Priya and I personally you would start to understand how much work we personally have done to get to this point where we could speak to you guys on this level and to be able to have that that clarity when we do the work that we do it's it's amazing when you have this clarity you you won't even be in arguments with anyone at the workplace because there is only love right Mm. and And there's there's only understanding yeah yeah and it it starts with self-love yes yes there's so many stories that we tell ourselves that blocks ourselves from actually receiving new opportunities i was working with a client the other day She's been, <laughs> I have to tell this stories because, because she, like, they all come to me because they know that food can adjust their health mm. and they have tried so many things and it somehow didn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing I tell them is that you cannot continue this journey unless you have released all of the stories mm. that reminds you of how it did not work. Mm-hmm. It did not work out because yeah. those memories that's triggering your self doubt and your invalidations will prevent you from receiving new opportunities using the same tools or the same methods. Let in this case, like food, right, as medicine. So imagine how many invalidations and self doubt that we carry into the workplace every day, right? Like you, you know, you and I have created so many businesses together, and like. Every time that we did, it didn't happen. I'm sure there's a little bit of self doubt that enters our space, and it all ripples forward and forward and forward. And those are yeah. the vibrations that we send out if we haven't done our due diligence in reconnecting with ourselves and understanding truly where we are, how we feel. Do we have any self doubt? Really asking ourselves these questions and then clearing everything out. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> For anyone who's listening, you have no idea how much clearing Priya and I do on a daily basis. Every yeah. single day. Yeah. Every single day. It's funny because um, many people, um, 
you know, do meditation for the first couple of times and say, oh, I fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I can't stay awake or what am I supposed to, how am I supposed to empty my mind? Which is again, perfectly natural. And that's where the patient perseverance from our last episode comes into play as well. Absolutely. 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 But let me tell you, like when you start thinking about or, or as having awareness of the things that's actually blocking you from clarity, when you're in meditative mode to bring that awareness up and like clear those invalidations and clear those self-doubt in your space, oh boy, <laughs> your meditation would not be boring. It would, it would be very transformative. And you will manifest things like crazy spontaneously. <laughs> that happened to me like three times yesterday alone. <laughs> I was like, is this happening? I just like literally something that I thought of five minutes ago was then brought to me. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody I wanted this. Wow. It was just out in my mind. How is it oh, all yeah. here? <laughs> like, um, I wanted yeah. to mention something else too. Yeah. That. So, you know, Amy, I've been taking compassion training at Stanford Mm -hmm. at the Mm -hmm. Center for Research um, in Compassion. Um, And um, this week, actually, our meditation uh, theme revolved around. So we have guided meditations every week and each week is a different kind of um, emphasis. And this week it was loving kindness towards yourself. And being a friend to yourself. Mm. And it's so interesting. Like at first it kind of, I can, you know, for some people, even for a part of me, it's like kind of cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> Being a friend to yourself. This is like, I don't know. It's like <laughs> when they tell you to practice gratitude. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Am I grateful? <laughs> what am I grateful for? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Easy. I I get it. Yes. Yeah. And so there's a couple of things that I've been doing this week, including this guided meditation. And I bring this up because just even meditating on this and allowing myself to, to partake in this meditation without that judgment that it's cheesy, Mm. (laughs) right? I immediately started kind of noticing things. So one thing I noticed was that I had my hands in my lap. And so, you know, what we've been talking about is, is being a friend to yourself. So like all of that, you were talking about that negative self-talk that people carry, that we all carry, and then it affects everything we do in a way that we don't see. Yeah. We bring that into the workplace, bring that into our families. And a lot of that, we wouldn't treat other people in that way. We wouldn't talk to our friends, you know, who are going through a difficult time the way that we talk to ourselves sometimes. Yeah. And so that's kind of why this, you know, emphasis on being a friend to yourself. And so I was, I was meditating, you know, having kind of previously thought about all of this and, and following this guided meditation on self-compassion and self-loving kindness. And I noticed my hands were together. Yeah. And it just occurred to me like one of my hands is holding the other hand like a friend. Oh my goodness. I never thought about it that way. That's why we have two hands? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I'm sure there's... We figured it out. out. 
It's not symmetry, it's so we could be friends with ourselves. This is the answer to the universe. Woohoo! Again, yeah. we'll see you. <laughs> Our work is done. Yeah. But I was kind of looking at myself, you know, I was like, oh, I already practiced, like, I already meditate, I already put time into that. You know, oh, being a friend to yourself is kind of cheesy. But then when I calmed all of that down, and all of that is really just like judgment. Um, and then I'm like, wow, it really does feel different to think about it in this way, where first and foremost, the people we spend the most time with in the lives is us. Yes. And so it's important for us to be a friend to ourselves. And I love that this section of the article ended with that. It says the spirit of aloha, self-love as well as love for others. And so again, can we imagine a work environment where everyone has that sense of self-love and it automatically manifests um, that group consciousness, that group environment, which mm -hmm. is a loving environment. Yes, I cannot agree more. That is just so, so beautiful. And thank you for sharing that practice with us, Priya. And sharing your story. Oh yeah. So, so nice. <laughs> oh, thank you. I it's it truly is in these meditative states that you recognize even the state in which your body is in, which allowed you to feel the touch that you have for yourself. You are so right. And you are so right. <laughs> and by the way, everyone, touch is such an important part of this human experience is how we receive love, right? On the physical level. So don't be afraid to, uh, to touch yourself. Not in the, not in the <laughs> sense that, No, we're going to be touched again, Hey, however you touch yourself, it's your business, but just know <laughs> that it is healing and there is no judgment. From my heart to yours. <laughs> um, but also, don't be afraid to get close to your friends either. I, That's hurting too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love hugging. I love showing my love by just, you know, gently touching people's shoulder, telling them that I'm here. Um, I was like, how can I say this in a nice way without, <laughs> without sounding... Like I'm molesting people, but I'm not. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, has escalated very quickly. <laughs> anyway, I, I do have our first inspired action from this. Awesome. Episode so far. And Priya, I'm just going to share with you. You can, um, you can rephrase it however you want, but I really liked how you brought in um, the quote from Jesus. Mm. that you shall welcome heaven on earth. And um, mm. and I think that should be an inspired action. Like how do we actually welcome heaven on earth? What, what tool can we use? And the tool that, um, that I think from what we spoke about, what we've spoken about could be by being a friend to yourself. Yes. And... I would also add to try this for a week is every night before you go to bed or every morning when you wake up, mm -hmm. just really simply list three things you appreciate about yourself. 
Mm. I want to mention the word appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when Priya was talking about how it's cheesy <laughs> at first to practice being a friend to yourself, and I jumped in and said, oh, it's kind of like cheesy to practice gratitude. Mm-hmm. I want to point out that if you ever have a, a, a perception of a word that makes you feel a certain way that you don't really resonate with and that prevents you from taking action mm. from it, like change the word. So for instance, the word appreciate is another way for us to practice gratitude. Um, and that word for me resonates very well. Mm. Um, and when you practice appreciation, you are practice gratitude. You're practicing gratitude. You're practicing being grateful um, to yourself, to others. Um, so I really like this word appreciate, which is a great choice of word. At least it resonates with me deeply. Mm-hmm. And I love your comment because at the end of the day, it's a reminder that we are all kind of unique expressions of love mm-hmm. and of the universe. And so all of these inspired actions, they're really prompts for you to kind of take them and and interpret them how you would like and reflect on them and then turn them into something that resonates really well with you. Yes. I love it. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to say here before we move on in this section of, we're still again on defining the word aloha. (laughs) It's been like 10 episodes on this. So ha is the breath of life. It's Mm. who you are as an inherently good human being. And this is, I think, a tough one a lot because we get so caught up in all of the surface level problems, quote unquote, and issues and challenges that come up in working with people in the work environment that we rarely stop and think, oh, this person who I'm disagreeing with um, and having this heated argument with, (laughs) um, which I haven't found myself in that situation in a really long time. But, you know, I know, yay, bringing heaven on earth. (laughs) it's remembering that everybody is inherently good that everybody has that ha it's the breath of life flowing through them at the end of the day and I just I feel Amy like I don't know about you but I feel like that is something that's really hard to not remember at the workplace Mm -hmm. it gets stressful yes Well, you feel like you're kind of out of breath too when you're stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even feel like you're breathing. So how can you remember that other people are also breathing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're all breathing. Yes. You know, before I came on to record this episode with you today, I was driving around my neighborhood and I visited this beautiful uh, mission. And um, for some reason, the, the phrase breath of life actually came in my mind hmm. when I was driving around because I was seeing how everything is breathing, not just, not just people, yeah, but, um, the grass and the trees and the birds, right. And the wind that is giving, it's that's reflecting the essence of our breath. Like everything around us is supporting us and reminding us that we are alive. Right. And mm-hmm. And then maybe maybe the workplace just doesn't have so much of these elements 
embedded. You, you were saying earlier that the workplace environment is not designed to, to, to make you feel like a home. Which is why it can be so stressful. Right. Right. Yeah, you're not reminded of that. You are breathing. You're a living thing, and you need to nurture yourself, as if you are a gardener planting a seed and being being patient, right? And, and oh my gosh, how many opportunities could we unlock if everyone, when living their life's purpose, felt like they were alive and had yeah. all of their potential kind of like untapped and flowing out? Yes, yes. A hundred percent, a thousand percent. Oh my goodness. So thank you for pointing that out, the breath of life. Um, how do you practice that? Actually, I would love to know, Priya. The breath of life. Is it just a part of you now? Do you do you like, I know there's breath work meditations. I, I personally don't do much of that. That's a really good question. <clears throat> so. <laughs> my answer is that for now is that it's really a combination of things that helps me practice this breath of life approach and I'll mention a couple of those so I actually have insomnia from some time to time as you know mm -hmm. and I have learned or I am learning and I've succeeded with this, how to, how to use my spiritual work to solve that. Okay. And so one thing I noticed, you had touched on this earlier, but you had mentioned something like, we don't often know how tense our bodies are. Mm-hmm. And... I noticed that recently, and it actually has to do with their trip to Hawaii, is how <laughs> I noticed this, which is interesting. It's all coming full circle. So where we stayed, um, they had um, in our rooms, I don't know if you remember, but they had literally like lavender essential oil. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I didn't use it at, in Hawaii. I didn't need it, man. I slept like an angel in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> it is great. So I brought that back with me. And one day I was having trouble sleeping and I'm like, Evan actually told me, he's like, oh, why don't you try that essential oil? And again, I was like, ah, it's not going to work. <laughs> hey, self-doubt. I, ah, I know, I know. So that is what I did, right? I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm jumping to conclusions really quickly and it's kind of judgmental. I should just be completely in the present and not worry about before or after right mm -hmm. like release everything what has worked before yeah. what has worked before yeah and that that state of mind is also the key to my kind of unlocking better sleep for myself exactly yeah. that yeah. yeah um but so I took the essential oil bottle and then it's like a roll-on and I put it on my wrists you know and nothing much happened I like smelled it and whatever and then I looked at the the packaging and it said um, roll on your wrists and temples. And then I was like, oh, it's not working. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Let me try putting it on my temples. You never know. Yeah. And so I did that and it immediately released my whole body wow. from stress. And I 
could tell. So my legs were under the covers. I was lying down and I immediately noticed that my feet had been very tense. Wow. At the moment I started rubbing my temples with the lavender, they completely relaxed. And I immediately noticed that my breathing was shallow. So this is, has been a key realization for me, which goes back to Ha, the breath of life, and mm. the question to me. Yes. Is, is this taking the time, like you said, to meditate, but also being a very aware of your state of mind and your physical state. <clears throat> so I know that a lot of times I have shallow breath and I know that I sleep well almost every time my breath is very deep. Mm. And so that's what I try to focus on is just really deepening my breath, um, increasing you could even try this with, you know, counting seconds, inhale, exhale, but really lengthening the breath to where it's taking a lot longer. And so right. what I find is after a few cycles, something unlocks and my breath starts naturally becoming more deep. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I feel like our breaths are shallow sometimes because we are always in this fight or flight situation, yeah. right? And you're almost gasping for air. Not exactly that, but it's almost been, it's almost like we're trained to be in the state. So then we don't even recognize when our breath breaths are shallow and then it becomes normalized for us. And that could have a lot of um, issues on our health or even in your case, the sleep, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's amazing how much can change if just that through just the deepening of our breath. Yes. And I love how the lavender did exactly what the lavender's intention was. And lavender is, is a plant that's here to help us relax, right? It's used in so much spas and, and like the whole, the whole energy around lavender is exactly that. So I love yeah. that. Once you brought it up to the higher um, chakras, associated to to the areas of your mind, it just relaxed you. Oh, that's a good point. But you know, the key to this was my letting go of my judgments and preconceived yes. notions. Yes, yes, yes. Because it, it's interesting because even... <laughs> Take this as a live case study. People. It's very, very <laughs> if you If you're not in the space where the the plant medicine, let's just call it that, like the, the lavender, right? It can actually connect with you, then it won't be able to do anything for you. Yeah. Yeah. So when I actually work with oils, um, I don't use it for aromatherapy in a way. I, I use it to meditate, mm. but I actually have to clear all my energies before I meditate with the oil because or else yeah. I won't be able to receive the energy. So you're yeah. absolutely right. And you said the same thing earlier. So our intention about patience yes. is exactly, you know, is, is this kind of being patient to even in our breath. So that's a part of the reason why we, I feel like we have a lot of impatience and that makes our breathing quicker and more shallow. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, what's next? What's next? What's next? <laughs> yes, yes. I can't breathe. <laughs> um, but then also you had mentioned in your example of working with clients. And they're like, oh, it's not working. It's the same thing, right? 
Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not working. And all of these things haven't worked before. I've tried them. It's those narratives and those mm-hmm. stories that we hold on to. Mm-hmm. And the key, and the key is letting go of those. It's yeah. difficult, but once that awareness arises, it's possible. Yes, I agree. Um, I wonder if that could be our second inspired action. Um, mm. I've, been, I've been using this a lot in my own meditations. It's just giving myself permission to mm-hmm. let go. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we tell ourselves that we're letting go, but because the energies has been in our space for so long, we feel like it's a part of us when really it isn't. And we sometimes have trouble letting it go. Like for instance, like if I have my, my mom's love in my space and this, this goes for everything, like whether it's a high vibrational energy, like love or a low vibrational energy, like fear and pain, it doesn't matter. Once it's in our space for a, a long period of time, we feel like it's a part of us. Um, and we have to give ourselves permission to let go because sometimes setting the intention might not be enough, at least not for me. I set the intention, I'm letting, and then I'm asking, like, am I really letting go? <laughs> mm. And I have to tell myself, it's, it's a practice of self-love, I think. Mm-hmm. Like telling myself that, hey, it's like working with a child. It's like, hey, it's okay. It's okay if you let go. Mm. You have permission to do so. Mm-hmm. so. I love it. So I have our second inspired action of yeah. giving yourself permission to let go. And this includes all the narratives, the stories, judgments, both good and bad. Yes. That you may even unintentionally be holding on to so that you can really kind of release mm-hmm. and move forward and connect with presence. Yes. And that will bring about the abundance and the opportunities and the connection that you have with yourself and others mm-hmm. and the universe. <laughs> Love it. All right, let's continue. Okay, the second section of the article is what does your philosophy of quote-unquote managing with aloha mean? Oh, Mm -hmm. yes. And we get to the meat of it. We don't, well, we're vegetarian, so (laughs) at least I am. Insert joke here. (laughs) So what's the word instead of meat? You can have meat of a fruit. You have coconut Yes, yes, I do. I do. Yes, you do too. Actually, the origin of the word meat is something like mate or some or some Latin word, and it doesn't mean the flesh of animals. Ah, it means something else. Interesting. I, I love yeah. I love looking at histories of words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is your philosophy of managing with aloha mean? So Rosa say says it focuses on values driven behavior. As a manager, if you can look at a person and understand their values, you can understand what motivates them. It makes management more human by creating an emotional connection. Human energy is the most important asset managers have. Huh, interesting that she says human energy. By managing with aloha, you increase the positive human energy in your workplace. That's beautiful. Raising the vibration heaven on earth right yeah what is your take on what positive human energy is as opposed to any other type of energy depicted i really do like that she 
she mentioned human energy because everything is energy, but there's different energy signatures based on the individual, the unique, even object. Like even inanimate objects have energy, guys. Like it emits energy. <laughs> like there's frequencies. Everything's vibrating. Yeah. So I love how she she mentioned human. I think in the context of the workplace is the appropriate um, like word to use to describe because human energy means that there's there's energy that's that's bouncing off of each other. Like you and you and me right now. Hmm. We're creating this, we're holding space for this podcast with our human energy. Hmm. Right? It's it's interesting. Last week I went to a um, bonfire. Uh one of my meditation teachers uh was ho- hosting a graduation at the beach by doing a bonfire for her clairvoyant um, class students who are graduating. And I bring this up because one of her most senior students was telling me how she attends all of the free aura healing clinic clinics that day um, that they produce, I think once a month on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And the reason why she's there is for that and also for other classes that um, my teacher teaches in is that she's holding space. That's all she's doing. She's literally clearing energies that does not belong in the space. Mm. She's raising the vibration by, by, by using her gifts to clear it. And I thought that was such an interesting uh, concept. This is reminding me of something. Yeah. So if, if you guys listen to, um, I don't remember which episode it was in season one. But listen to and you'll find it. <laughs> well, we had one, Infectious Joy, I think with Lucky, mm-hmm. with Lucky Sandhu. And then we had the Maharishi effect. That's right. I yes. Referring to the Maharishi effect. Yes, with, with Patty. Um, and that is essentially... Uh, from uh, so a study was done um, a long time ago. I actually I don't know when. Do you know when that study was done? I think it was a long time ago. I could look at it really quickly. Yeah, and you know more about this study. So would you be in a space to <laughs> provide a quick recap of what it is? Yeah. So the <laughs> Maruhashi effect is um, the study of of a phenomenon that there there is a significant number of individuals in our population that if they practice meditation or if they hold this like of this like high vibrational state that they actually have an an influence on their local environment that they would reach so let's say a monk goes and live in the busy city because of the presence of the monk in the city the city actually becomes more productive more effective in the things that they do They, they become more happy um, I forgot what the ratio is um, in terms of like this one person holding space versus the rest of the population, but but that crime, is, even crime goes down. Yes, even crime goes down. So this is actually originally published in 1986. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in the 80s, and it was something that um, was um, that was done um, with the transcendental meditation technique, um, and they they use this as a way to kind of prove what happens when we when we are in this state of mindfulness at all times 
So it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah. And I bring this up because you literally just mentioned it. You were, you were talking about how, you know, being in a space and how, how this, um, is she a teacher? How this teacher is holding that space and of a high vibration. And then just by holding that space that kind of clears out people's energies and kind of spreads those higher vibrations and frequencies. And so going back to this, this article and managing with Aloha and um, Rosa is talking about how um, you can use that human energy to look at, to, to really understand somebody, what motivates them, where they're coming from. And I'm thinking about, you know, everything that we just talked about in terms of reconnecting with yourself, your self-love and having that flow clearly. Now, in a lot of these instances, especially if we're managers, we are working um, and we're working with people. There are going to be times when the people that we are working with, you know, our, our family that we're working with and themselves are having a tough time with self-love. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things kind of maybe going on that are preventing clarity mm-hmm. or preventing um kind of inspired action, you know, Mm -hmm. if you will, in that workplace. And so I think as a manager, part of what we can do is understand that. First, Mm -hmm. be aware, instead of reacting to something, you know, someone on your team or somebody else in the company might say, instead of kind of just reacting to it, it's like going back to that patient perseverance, going back to that working with unity understanding that we all have that life essence within us and that we all have times where that life essence is flowing mm-hmm. clearly. And so, you know, I, I think understanding that from that shared human perspective enables us to be like, take a step back and really look at the situation with compassion. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm kind of, you know, pointing out a situation, maybe there's a conflict with somebody in your team and you're their manager. It, it, it's really helpful to remember that, you know, maybe this person is having trouble giving themselves self-love. You know, maybe this person is in a state where they're not kind of very clear on something. Mm-hmm. So how can I put myself or maintain this state of high vibrations, knowing that if I do that, and if that is in my interaction with everybody else, that clarity will kind of spread to everybody yeah. around me. Yes, that's exactly right. I love that. I love that. And I'm just going to bring it back to my recent experience as an example of that in my own home. So my parents have came back um, to stay with us for a couple of months. They usually spend a lot of their time in China. And then when they miss us, they come back and they stay with us. And, and, you know, Ed and I, our diet has been (laughs) changing because we are seeing ourselves and our body as our friend. And so we're treating it with more love. And um, my mom has been cooking all of these things, um, the, which is you know what I grew up with, which I love to eat, right? Um, but a lot of times I would feel that it's not in alignment with my body at this point. And, and in the past, I feel like I, we would have we been butting heads, having mm. friction 
mm-hmm. about some of these things because as a parent, you will always want your children to be eating the things that you know or that you think is nutritious, right? Mm-hmm. So, and but now I have studied nutrition and all those things. So now we're kind of sharing those ideas with each other. I want to, mm. I want to use the word sharing, right? Instead of butting heads or arguing, mm. because they are from two different perspectives. And she would be sharing with me like the Eastern philosophies. And I'd be sharing with her what I've been learning from practicing some of these Buddhist medicine techniques on myself. Mm. And it's beautiful to see how um, it merges. And now I'm eating a little bit of her food and she's eating a little bit of my food. Mm. It's more of like a camaraderie sense. And, and I think that it's, it's a lot, it has a lot to do with the clarity that I have as well, because if I was attached to any of the things that I'm practicing, right, I have this like spiritual ego. I know what's good for my body, whatever it is, I'm going to force it onto everyone that I see. Like that's not, <laughs> yeah. like, my mom would have never been drinking celery juice yesterday. Right. <laughs> it is, it's actually just demonstrating like, yeah. Demonstrating how you would do it, but without forcing anyone else to practice what you do. And then that energy will starting to just kind of have that ripple effect that you're talking about clearing the way for someone to see because they see you doing right i'm i'm not saying anything because that is just yes right spot on <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it just blew my mind because i i it was interesting cuz yesterday i was just on the computer doing work and i hear my mom having this conversation with my husband ed uh-huh. asking him all these questions about nutrition about what we do and like, why, why do we not eat eggs and all those things? And Ed was giving her all of these amazing information in Chinese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm very proud of. And I, and then, and then he came to me and he was like, I think your mom's getting it. <laughs> I'm hearing it. <laughs> because she's asking for it. Like we never give something if it's not us. It's just like the way the universe works. Like if you try to force something really hard, And you try to focus too much on the how and you're just trying to like go at it and go, 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 go. It doesn't happen. It doesn't. Yeah. But if you let go and approach it with that wise and clear mindset with the patience, then those things start happening. It's it's magical, Priya. Like I never thought in a million years that like my mom and I can be in a room together, just like cooking together, giggling together. And she's okay if I don't eat her stuff and I'm okay if she doesn't eat my stuff and that she's actually, you know, receiving, receiving with, with open arms. Yeah. Totally. It's, it's, it's a slow process, but it's happening. Right. Yeah. And I'm receiving love from her too. So it's like so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like all of these amazing kind of um, values were summarized really well. In, in kind of the breakdown of Aloha. Yeah. And so I think an inspired action would be yeah. when, you know, philosophy of managing with Aloha, really remember all of those attributes of Aloha and, a, a, and bring them to the workplace. And so, for example, apply them to your understanding mm-hmm. of people on your team and really kind of remember in times of conflict 
or stress or tension, that spirit of aloha, the watchful alertness, working with unity, truthful Mm -hmm. honesty, humility, serving others, patient perseverance. And again, in our last episode, we talked about humility, even when difficult. And sometimes the most difficult situations are the daily situations that happen where we think humility is not needed. Yes. Um, And that patience, which was our intention today. today. So kind of really, really not only remembering these things, but, but in the workplace, remembering to live these things, living, living aloha. Yes. Living our essence in the workplace and putting that forward. Remember, aloha means so um, that life, the breath of life, which is our true essence as an inherently good human being, and then putting that face forward. Mm. It's exactly that. Oh my goodness. That is so beautiful. I love it so much, Priya. So I'm going to summarize what you said. Okay. Um, so the third inspired action is to bring the attributes of aloha to the workplace and remember in times of tension and conflict to live aloha, which is the expression of our true essence. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think if we, you know, if we have the patience to, to do this and not to respond to situations in a reactive way, particularly in the work environment, the things we want to manifest will start to happen. Yes. Absolutely. Cool. All right. I'm going to read this last part of the article. (laughs) Yes. We made it. Well, we'll we'll, we'll say that when we're done with this part. Um, What about the value of ho-ohana? We talked Mm. about ohana. Yes. (laughs) So many people do work because they've fallen into it or because of the expectations of others. Maybe their parents wanted them to be a doctor or lawyer. Ho'o, a prefix that turns a noun into a verb, means to make something happen. Hana is the word for work. With ho'ohana, you do the work that feels good to you and to your aloha spirit. Mm. (laughs) Work in a way that feels intentional, purposeful, and important because it's an expression of who you are and what you can offer the world. Oh, that literally just summarized everything we said. And that literally just summarized everything we're doing and why we're celebrating a thousand plus downloads of Ambassadors of Joy. I don't know if we probably have. I don't remember if we've talked about exactly this topic in one of our episodes before. Amy and I have definitely talked about it a lot outside of the podcast, but we've had a pivotal change before Ambassadors of Joy and to Ambassadors of Joy. And that was exactly this change. Mm. It was, yeah, it was really focusing on doing work that feels good to us and our spirits. I remember. I remember that you told me. I don't know if you remember, but I remember. (laughs) I think every time I tell you the story, you're like, I don't remember that. But I remember. <laughs> I'm forgetting all of my narratives. Yeah, it's like we're friends because we got each other's back. Um, I remember you told me distinctly once that, Amy, I do not want to do anything in my life ever again 
if it does not spark joy inside of me. Mm. And that was just so powerful. And that is exactly why we named this podcast Ambassadors of Joy. That to me reached the core of my heart. And I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) What? How do we not? That was so simple, yet so profound. And so... And yet yeah. so difficult for all of us to get to that point. Yeah, that that was like a moment of clarity that you just, yeah, it was just so profound. Thank you for that, Priya. I, I, I think about that all the time. I tell people that. It's really amazing. That is the transformation part. That is the transformation. And this really, I feel like this is such, it couldn't be more perfect, the ending of this article, because it brings everything full circle into why we're here with this two-part special celebrating a thousand plus downloads we would not be here if it were not for this last part of this article if it were for us stopping and pausing and being like wait a minute what makes us feel good Mm -hmm. we can do that for our work yes and that's why we're here and that's why we're here yes and i hope that 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 anyone who's listening right now can ask yourself that question. Maybe that could be the ending intention for you to take in your day and just ask yourself, what, what does bring me joy? What about work that does bring me joy? Because a lot of times we focus on all of the things that has gone wrong. We love complaining <laughs> and venting yeah. um, because we want our problems to be bigger than the person that we're venting to. Right. <laughs> Um, but what if we practice saying something that, that we appreciated about the day, about ourselves, about someone, um, see how that changes for you because it has definitely transformed both Priya and I, um, live. I don't think we ever complain to each other about anything ever, ever since, since that point on, well, I mean, this is a slow transition, but been really beautiful conversation this is literally the conversations that we have every time <laughs> whether or not we are recording or not and yeah that human energy I love it I know we have three inspired actions already but I put in a fourth <laughs> and Bonus. Yeah, it is to to take a moment to pause and reflect and ask the following questions what brings me joy What can I offer the world? And how might these worlds intersect? Yes. And I want to point out that um, what what can I offer to the world has been a really big question for myself for many, many years. We always think that, oh, we're not good enough to offer anything. But trust me, when you find that appreciation for yourself and who you are, and genuinely live that essence, that true essence that we've been talking about in this episode, you do have something to offer it. And it is yourself. It is that human energy that is radiating from you and no one else um, will, will be able to experience that unless you express it to us. And nobody else has exactly that unique blend. Yes, exactly. You are on a roll, Amy. That's so beautifully said. Would you mind extending that role to just summarizing our inspired actions from the day? Yes, absolutely. Um, so the first inspired action 
I feel like it really encapsulates the energies of this episode and all the episodes that we've been doing, which is Jesus, a quote from Jesus that you brought up, Priya. You shall welcome heaven on earth. And just think about all those words in this sentence. You shall welcome heaven on earth. Heaven is not someplace else. It's here. And we just have to welcome it. And it will be right where we are in the present moment. And we can start by experiencing this in in being a friend to ourselves. And every morning, as Priya has suggested, we can list three things that we appreciate about ourselves. So just give that a try for the next 21, 33 days, however long you want. Um, but try that. And so you can experience heaven on earth. The second inspired action is to give yourself permission to let go. All of the stories, all the narratives, all the judgments, whether it's positive, negative, so that we can actually move forward. You can do this in your meditations, even in your journaling, um, even just thinking to yourself in the reflective state. Give yourself permission to let go and just set that intention and see what that does to you, to your body, to your mind, to your spirit, to your heart. And then the third inspired action is to really try to bring the attributes of aloha into the workplace. There will be times of tension and conflict. And those are the times that cause on our humility, that cause on our courage, that cause on our on our belief that we are one, that we are in unity, so that we can live the essence of aloha, because that is the expression of truly who we are inside. And once we live that, that will have a ripple out effect to everybody around us in our workplace. Yes. And you can listen to the episode in the last season on the Maharshi effect to really understand how that ripple effect actually works. Um, and the bonus one, as you mentioned just a couple minutes ago, Priya, is try asking, I think last, last episode we said to ask yourself who I am, who am I? In this episode, we implore you to ask the question, what brings me joy? What can I offer to the world? And what might, how, how might these worlds intersect? the world of joy and what I am expressing out to the world and offering to the world, that intersection right there. So beautiful. That was lovely. <laughs> I think you have some chimes and it's ready to ring them. So let's take a few moments here to just let these intentions and the beautiful energy from today's episode to, to sink in. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We really appreciate it. And we're so happy we got to share our wonderful experience from Maui with you guys. It was really an honor. Um, remember to check out our show notes for this episode where we will have all of the kind of the article we referenced and anything else we talked about. 
also please、uh, remember to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so, so you can find out anytime we release more episodes and follow our Instagram, Ambassadors of Joy. Yes, we look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you. And until the next episode, please bring the spirit of Aloha to everywhere you go and spread heaven on earth. Yes. <laughs> Thank you.